Welcome to Rethinking Leadership, where we're serving fresh ideas over coffee, because nothing happens before coffee. I'm Jackie Lesser. And I'm Dee Yarrison. Grab your favorite mug and let us fill you up. Hello, Jackie. Hi, Dee. Hi, how you doing? Good. The coffee is amazing this morning. <laughs> amazing. Hi, uh, test. Yeah, I'm like 93 octane right now. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! I um the other day I opened a new bag of my Italian espresso roast by mm. Dean's Beans that I love, oh, and yes. my daughter was there, my 16 year old daughter, and I just opened it and said, "Oh my gosh, smell this!" And I put it under her nose, and she goes. You're so cruel because I forgot she had a she had a cold and she couldn't smell anything. And she's like, oh. she's like, are you trying to be cruel to me? <laughs> she couldn't smell the coffee. Oh no! Wake Beautiful up and smell, smell the coffee. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, uh. I I really appreciate when the coffee is just right. I don't you know, for whatever reason every single day seems to be different, but today it was just exactly the way I love it. So right. I'm ready to rock, ready right. to roll, ready to talk to you about. Cool. Whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> well, here's what I want to talk about. Okay. I love the topic we've selected for today. And it's so we've been talking about relationships. I guess we're always talking about relationships. Yeah. But in the past three episodes, we've had an intentional focus on healing relationships, I would say, you know, dealing with negative dynamics yes. in a relationship, setting boundaries, and creating agreements. And today, what we're going to talk about important aspects of helping our relationships to thrive. Some things that's really important to understand, and that is ways that we really get in the way in our relationships, specifically four qualities that can kill a relationship oh, yeah, um, that are like death to a relationship, yes. according to the researcher who we'll talk about in a moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if yeah. You, even if anybody is listening to this for the first time, they haven't listened to the other episodes on relationship, it, it doesn't matter. This, this, if you Listen to one episode on relationship, make it this one, mm. because I think that this, this topic and the, the researcher that we're referring to is Dr. John Gottman. The, the, this topic, he refers to these four qualities that you just mentioned as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> so, I mean, you want to talk yeah. about death and destruction to a relationship, try these four things. Or notice where they are already in your relationship and you'll see how, I mean, he's done research that shows that people can actually get sick by being in a relationship where these characteristics, you know, are, are you know, a, an epidemic in the relationship yeah. where these yeah. are the, just kind of like the ways, the way it goes and how people behave on a regular basis. And they could really cause, it could impact people's physical health. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's very powerful, obviously, because being whole and interconnected, yeah, how we feel about ourselves, especially when we're not feeling real great about ourselves emotionally, that impacts our, our physicality, our physical health. Yeah. And I think that these four qualities that we're going to mention right now really don't help us to feel good about ourselves or the relationship that yeah. we're in. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about in past episodes how the relationship exists in the space between you and me. Mm -hmm. And when we continually, or even anytime we bring in these four qualities, we are polluting the space between you and right. me. And so we're really impacting the relationship. And then both, if, if we're using the well metaphor that we love, 
then we're both drinking out the poison that's been, Mm. you know, that's been put in. So let's, let's dive in. Yeah. Yeah. So the four qualities that Gottman calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And so oh let's gosh. just, I know. Let's oh just my say God. what just, each one Well, means. let's just, st- yeah. okay. You know, when you even said that criticism, mm-hmm. like who hasn't used that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know one human being that hasn't used that one. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and as you said that, I just want to add here, we are talking in the context of relationships and Gottman's research was specifically on committed partnerships. So um, marriage, mostly in marriages. But these qualities are important for us to be mindful of in our relationship with ourselves too. Mm, good Probably point. first and foremost, right? When I bring my relationship with myself, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, or stonewalling. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to be able to thrive in my own skin, yeah. you know? And we bring these, you know, wherever you go, there you are like John mm-hmm. Kabat-Zinn said. So you bring these to work also. So it's, you might be using it in your marriage or your committed partnership, but then you go to work and you're also finding yourself criticizing other people or yourself. And you also find yourself having contempt and feeling contempt and demonstrating contempt for someone else and yourself. Because, or this could happen with your children, You know how you interact mm-hmm. with your children or how you interact with your friends or your parents. So this is rampant. And I think yeah. it's, you know, like you said, we should go through each one of them. But yeah. I, yeah. I also, you know, this isn't making anybody wrong for using these. I think this is something that we use as a strategy for surviving. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, you might not use all the time, but every now and again you use. But I would just, I think, bringing it to our attention then at least puts us in choice yes. about how we want to be in relationship with another person yes, and what the ramifications are of, of using yes. these things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Bringing it to our awareness and also knowing that we have other options. Right. Right. So criticism, I mean, I suppose we all know what that means. The one, dis- I don't know if it's a distinction, but something that Gottman specifically, a way that he specifically defines it is it's about, you know, it's an attack on the person, on the person on the character, on who they're being. So it's not criticizing something you did necessarily, but it's um, really whether we were doing this out loud or even silently in our hearts and minds. So an example would be like, it's different than a complaint. And we talked in boundary setting and all that, you know, if we find ourselves being frustrated and complaining, it's okay to use I language and to say what I need. Criticism is different because criticism is not me saying, you know, I was really worried when you were late and I didn't, you know, I didn't know where you were. I was, I was scared versus you, you never think about me. You're so yes. selfish. I can't believe Right. So that's the first one might be a complaint that we want to draw a boundary around or, or say what we need around the criticism piece where I'm attacking you yes. is really damaging. Yes. I guess that's obvious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's really important also to your point before about how we speak to ourselves. I always say this to my kids when they were growing up and I still say it, you know, be careful with the I am. And we've mentioned Mm -hmm. that in other podcast episodes. So, you know, I'm such a loser or I'm such a idiot or I'm, that's criticizing our personality, our character. Right. It's not just saying like, 
boy, that was a loser thing to do. Yeah. Or boy, that was a that wasn't a smart move. Right. Separating what I do from who I am. Right. So the second horseman is contempt. And contempt, and this one actually makes me feel so sad because I this was the when I first learned this, I recognize it was like when she was describing contempt. I realized, oh my goodness, I do this. Um, really being disrespectful, like almost like mockery. I my go-to was sarcasm. This, you know, Gottman says ridiculing, calling names, you know, just really being disrespectful about who you are, completely making, you know, the the goal, I think, the target of it, whether we know this or not, is to we want that other person to feel despised and worthless. I don't know if we actually want them to you know, like intentionally, but that's what happens when we dish out this kind of contempt is really, and you know, if we flip that around, it's a way of, of, um, it's a really poor way to try to make myself feel better by really making you feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I was really shocked by when I heard about this for the first time, what eye rolling. Yeah. I thought, yeah. holy cow, everybody that's rolls the one I eyes. did. Yeah. Yeah. But eye rolling, mm. that is contempt. Yeah. That actually goes right to the heart of the other person. You know, contempt in general goes mm-hmm. right to the heart of the other person, has them question themselves. Right. And from what I understand about the four horsemen, this one in particular is the most deadly. Yes. Used over time. This is the one that really, it's, it's very typically some, you know, a lot of times it's nonverbal. Yes. And yeah, I actually want to read if I could read exactly what Gottman yeah. says about this, because it is, it's really powerful and, and awful. Yeah. He says, research shows that couples that are contemptuous of each other are more likely to suffer from infectious illness, mm-hmm. colds, the flu, et cetera, than others due to weakened immune systems. Contempt is fueled by long simmering negative thoughts about the partner, which come to a head um, when you feel like you're being attacked. Most importantly, contempt is the single greatest predictor of divorce. It must be eliminated. So contempt is the single greatest, like you were saying, it's the, you know, if we want to say which one of these is worse than the other, contempt is definitely the most damaging to Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. On the physical level, as well as the mental and emotional level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the eye rolling when you said that, it's like, it can feel harmless. I I don't know. But I think when I think about that, when I, because I do that sometimes just it's still, I hate to say that's like an automatic response sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I do it before I even catch myself doing it to my husband. And I think what, if I could put words, if I could say what, what my eye rolling is trying to communicate, what might be going on in my heart in that moment is, oh, please don't be ridiculous. You're, you know, like I'm really blowing him off, you know, I'm basically sending the message that you don't know what you're talking about. Your opinion is stupid or whatever. And I don't mean those things. It doesn't matter. Like you're just saying to him, you're saying to him with your eye rolling, you don't matter. Yeah. You know, or what you're having to say is not important and, and you're nothing counts about what that just, about what just happened. Yeah. You don't count. You don't count. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So defensiveness, do you want to? Yeah. Defensiveness is the next one. It's not, it's, it's, not at all taking responsibility. So if someone yeah. says to you, you you said you would get that to me first thing in the morning and he's like, well, you have no idea what I just went through. Like I had this and this and this and this. And, mm-hmm. and that's why you got it at 12 o'clock instead of, so instead of saying you're right, mm-hmm. that wasn't first thing in the morning. You know, I apologize. A couple of things got in the way. I should have let you know. 
you know, you, you try and defend yourself. And, right. you know, we talked about this uh, in another episode when we were uh, talking about powerful questions. And we said that, that it wouldn't be um, helpful to ask somebody, why did you do it? Why did you do mm-hmm. that? So that would create defensiveness. But at the same time, or and at the same time, when we use defensiveness, we are breaking down, you know, it, it, it's exhausting for the other person. Mm. You know, like, oh God, I don't need you to defend yourself. All I, right. There's nothing to protect. There's nothing to defend. Can you just let me know when I'm going to get this? Right. You know, so it's really a drain on the relationship when you have to defend yourself and to feel, I mean, imagine how the person feels that they have to defend themselves all the time. They can't take responsibility for what, you know, what their part was, what they contributed to the, the event or the situation. They just have to defend and it's exhausting. Yeah. I don't remember if we did an episode yet on the way we see ourselves, like our identity. I, I, I know we talked about it, but if we didn't, we'll just have to look back through and see if we did. But when I, when I think of defensiveness, you know, if I'm on the defense, it implies there's an attack, right? So if, if, if one of us is defending, we're defending against something. So I'm feeling attacked, which is, you know, in these examples that you just give, that's not the case at all. You're just wondering, when am I going to you know, when are you going to get the thing that you need? Right. But if I feel attacked enough to where I feel like I need to defend myself, you know, the, the place for me to look and the grow growing edge is trying to understand that, you know, because there's, if I'm feeling attacked by a simple, you know, just by your normal need or question, I'm probably really not feeling very clear or secure about who I am. And some, and I always think of defensiveness as self-justification, like I'm justifying something about myself. Maybe I see myself as a person who can't be wrong. And I know we talked about that in an early episode, mm-hmm. the need to be right. Maybe I see myself as someone who is, um, you know, above reproach or whatever it might be. And so when you ask me a question and, I, and part of me, you know, knows that I didn't do the thing, but I can't go there for whatever reason within myself, you know, that's when we see self-justification and defensiveness. So I feel like in a way it's maybe an unconscious posturing, an unconscious protection, you know what I mean? Yes. Protect, self-protection. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it probably mm-hmm. came from needing to defend yourself at some point. Mm-hmm. But as you get more emotionally mature, hopefully you don't, you no longer need to protect or defend yourself, you know, from the people that you work with or the person you live with or, or anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, they're usually talking about, I mean, hopefully they're talking about something that did or didn't happen. And so you can explain something, but you take responsibility for it. Yeah. But anyway, that, that defensiveness really is, is another one of those incredible, um, relationship ruiners. And then the, the fourth one, <laughs> and, you know, again, in, in complete, uh, transparency here, you talked about contempt being yours, this fourth one, it's called stonewalling. This was my horseman of choice. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned this one, not knowing what it was called, not knowing it was mm-hmm. a horseman, not knowing anything, but I learned it early yeah. in my life because when things got really, really tough as a young child, like, you know, six or seven or eight years old, I had to protect myself. And so stonewalling, mm-hmm. which is withdrawing, you know, it's kind of like, re- imagine what stonewalling sounds like. It's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. Putting up a wall, wall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. putting up a wall, a stone wall between you and this other person. Okay, you're out. Yeah. I no longer have to be hurt by you. I no longer have to be abused by you. I no longer have to be, you know, shunned by you. I I have turned off my heart and that wall has gone up. And 
we're done. Yeah. We're done. And that was really, I mean, I know as a stonewaller, that was really a protective mechanism. And <clears throat> in a way, sure, it worked. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that when you build a wall, not only does that other person get over it, but a lot of other people can't get in either. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it's withdrawing, shutting down, yep. stopping, just like distance. Know, talk, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess in my relationship, in a couple of relationships, I'm the on the other side of the stone wall. So that's like, and it makes sense, you know, if that person is feeling like they are the recipient of contempt, you know, then they, it, it, it got me even said stonewalling is usually a response to contempt. So maybe, you know, if I'm rolling my eyes or diminishing the other person in some way, that wall goes up because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a risk, right? It's a self-protection. I guess self-protection is probably at the root of all of these. Yeah. So the stone wall goes up, but in all of these, I mean, the thing we haven't said here is, you know, there's a trigger, the, our brains are triggered and we're just not we're not listen, we're not able to listen. We're not able to hear each other. And so we just move into these defensive or protective postures. postures. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. I mean, so it's great to to be talking about this and to raise our awareness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now people can know, oh my gosh, when I criticize when I use criticism or contempt or defensiveness or stonewalling, I'm putting poison, you know, I'm I'm mm-hmm. putting pollution into the relationship and I'm drinking it out also. Yeah you know, that well of the relationship and that any one of these four used over a period of time will make that a, another person sick can also make me sick. Yes. You know, Jackie, as you just said that, um, that, you know, with the stonewalling was your mm-hmm. horseman of choice and why, you know, how that occurred. And then we're, we're suggesting to ourselves and anyone else listening um, to look for these the one, the two, whatever, you know, however we're, where we're doing this in our relationships and notice, um, to notice that because it's important to understand how we might be unintentionally putting poison into our own well. Yeah. And so we notice this and we notice that, oh, I'm doing this in relationship. I think at the same time, it's also really important that we notice that what you just said, that this came from a place when I was six or seven years old and I needed to pull out yep. emotionally yep. from the situation. Yes. So I just put my wall because, you know, uh, so what I want, you know, if we're noticing this, like I'm noticing that, wow, I exhibit a lot of behaviors that might feel like contempt to my partner. And I do not want to hurt him in that way. We might then turn that on ourselves, you know, the criticism on ourselves. And the thing to do is really notice it so that way we can make change for sure. And at the same time, being very gentle and compassionate with ourselves because this all comes from a very honest place. You know, it's not like I woke up and just decided, you know, I'm just going to be really unkind. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point because now you're aware. You're aware of what the four horsemen are. You get to make a choice. Do I want to continue to operate using the four horsemen or can I bring some compassion and understanding where it came from? So I don't have to judge myself. I don't have to punish myself. I don't have to yeah. turn these on yeah. myself. You know, realize mm-hmm. I learned criticism from, you know, right. my grandmother who raised me, or I learned, you know, defensiveness from so-and-so, or, or I needed contempt to save my life, you know, whatever it was. But then realize I, I am an, a mature adult right now. Yeah. You know, emotionally I can handle, you know, the relationships in my life. And so I'm going to make different choices. Yeah. And it's like a step towards, towards our own freedom. Yes, liberation, know? exactly. Yeah. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So as we close here, I do just want to let everyone know that when we're back again, we we are going to be talking more about Gottman's research, but this time on, okay, so what do we do about how can we, if I've noticed that I've been doing this in my relationship, how can I help to repair? You know, he talks about relationship repair. Yeah. So that's yeah. A really another important conversation that we will have next time. Yeah. That'll be the next episode. And in the meantime, yeah. we'd love to hear your comments and your experiences with the Four Horsemen. And now that you know what you know, you know, where, where have you made changes? What are some of the things that, that you're recognizing in your own relationships? And if you haven't already subscribed to uh, the podcast, Rethinking Leadership, Serving Fresh Ideas Over Coffee on Apple Podcasts, please do so now. And we'll see you again next time. Yes, we will. We're so glad that you were here with us today, listening to Rethinking Leadership, serving fresh ideas over coffee. You can connect with Jackie Lesser on JackieLesser.com, and you can connect with me, Dee Yarrison, at EssentialShiftNow.com, and we'll see you next time.